Hey, what is going on here? What's up, boys? Where are you? Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm where exactly I'm supposed to be, at a poker table. Are you are you in the middle of a tournament or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I forgot I had this tournament today. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back though. And I'm well, gonna try and play. I've got a I got a huge stack, so <laughs> so that's kinda good. Well, do you wanna reschedule it? Well, I don't think that'd be fair to you guys. Well, we're willing to do oh. that, dude. We'll see how it goes. I'm gonna let me just find a spot over here. If the noise is going to be too much, that's the key. Yeah, it's kind of fun to actually have a little bit of the background noise of the tournament going yeah, on. I know though. it is, actually, because this is actually the atmosphere you want, right? Yeah. I guess I'll go like this. I'm going to go. I told them I might do this. So, All right, everybody. Well, welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast and the YouTube video. I'm your host, Steve Fredland. And as always, we are sponsored by Running Aces Racetrack and Casino and episode 118 already. And a couple of quick announcements before we get to Kenna. Uh, Crazy Like a Fox is that great training opportunity that we've been talking about. Starts March 21st. Uh, man, sign up. Get out there. If you use the code FOXRECPOKER, you get half off of that. So go to go to Rec Poker Training. Uh, click on Crazy Like a Fox. Check out all the details. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, also, I just want to say shout out to all the folks that we've seen in the Rec Poker gear lately. Uh, just today, Chris Nelson, Stacey Nelson, Brian Morey, Jill Burke, a lot of folks kind of repping the brand. So I appreciate that. It's fun to see all you guys out there uh, doing that. And then a uh, quick shout out to the players of the week. Uh, last week at Running Aces, Alan Clemps, Nate Franklin, some dude named Steve Fredland, and Mario Scotti. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I've, I've started doing this, uh, sharing the players of the week in the last couple of weeks I've been out there. So it's kind of Kind of a feel self-serving, but that's not the intent. It's a way to honor our our, our sponsor. But I had another good week, another victory. Uh, you know, I got to enjoy the run good while it's there. And so with that, I'm trying to get through the, the the preliminary stuff as fast as I can because we are joined this week by our one of our rotating experts, uh, Kenna James. And uh, Kenna, <laughs> Kenna, is, Kenna is actually joining us. Um, you know, we, we have our, our schedule here and Kenna said, oh, shoot, I'm in the middle of a tournament. But here he is on anyway. Well, he's uh, taking time away from the tournament. So, Kenna, what what's going on, man? How's how's life? How's the tournament? What's shaking? Oh, it's it's going great, man. I'm <laughs> uh, so much is going on. I'll try and update you. Let's see. Right now, I'm at the Venetian. We're playing a four hundred dollar, forty thousand dollar guaranteed monster stack. Looks like first place is going to pay eighteen thousand in this two hundred and fifteen entrance. There's ninety eight players left. There's the board up there for those that are have nice. the video assist and uh i don't know i've got let's see the average stack is sixty-six thousand. i got about one hundred and fifty thousand, so i can take a few minutes out to, <laughs> yeah and for those for uh, those of you who are just joining us on the actual podcast if you're not aware uh you know a few few months ago we switched we also have a youtube video so ken is actually walking around with a laptop showing us the venetian and the and the uh scoreboards there so uh if you don't if you haven't yet go check out the youtube video of that but so Kenna's got a big stack yeah. just kind of hanging out now. Everybody's just blinding off a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's going to save me from getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm out there a lot in the middle of the felt battling it out. You know, this is a, actually a one-day tournament. So we started at noon. We're going to go till probably 3, 4 in the morning. And, um, yeah, I just came off the HPT cruise, uh, final table bat, finished sixth. My student knocked me out, actually, <laughs> won the event. So there you go. Good good news, uh, bad news. 
Marty, Marty Gorenz. And uh, so congratulations to him. But that, you know, I mean, how can you beat that? Uh, you have a student uh, on the take it to the final table. We, we went to the ship together and, um, and, and so it was great. I had like three or four students on that ship and uh, they all did really well. So, and, but anyway, into the day, I'm glad to be on your show. Uh, shout out to all your, all your players and the rec players. You're doing great work, Steve. Uh, it's an honor that you asked me. I know that that you've uh, hounded me and say, come on, we need you on the show. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of people don't see what you do behind the scenes to, to get, you know, uh, people to come on your show and, and, and just contribute and help the community out. And uh, you're a leader of that. So good for you and, and good for the rec poker. Well, thanks for your kind words. I know, you know, we were able to get you on before episode 91 and people just loved, loved <laughs> your energy, loved what you had to say too. And so, yeah, I've, I've been hounding you a little bit. Let's get you back on, but uh, you've been gracious. Great. I'm to, glad. Yeah. Hey, I was up one of the first Annie up. I mean, if you remember Annie up when they first, they got probably a thousand to that something. I don't know. I was on one of the very first ones, uh, first episodes they ever did. So oh, is that right? Oh, sweet. Yeah, so you're growing. You're over 100. Congratulations. I expect to be invited to show 500. Yeah, no, <laughs> we'll have a big celebra- celebration there. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so anyway, what can I do uh, for yeah, you guys? Well, well, what we've been doing, you know, we, we every few months we switch the format a little bit just to kind of keep it fresh. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that we've been doing recently is having some rotating experts come through and just going through hand histories. So, you know, yeah. take, taking one or two hands and just walking it through, walking us through that uh, and kind of giving us insight into how your brain is operating with each street, with each action, whether it's hand ranging yep. or, or kind of what you're thinking. And so um, I know you have a hand or two that you're ready to share. And, you know, myself and Rob Washam and Stacey Nelson are on here. And, uh, you know, we might just poke in with questions here and there. So let's just kind of keep sure. it good. Sure. Um, but, yeah, if you could walk us sure. through that. Um, Sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, first yeah. thing I'd just like to say in general, uh, the app I use is just a shout out. I don't get anything from them is uh, Poker Analytics 5, which is just a tremendous app to track hands. And, and I, I just picked out a few that I sent you. But as you can see, for those that are saying, I just got I got I got loads and loads of, of just hands that go back, you know, Sweet. so for so long. and. And I think it's important to track your results, track your hand histories, go back, look, learn from mistakes or opportunities. And uh, so, uh, with that said, let's uh, let's get after it. Yeah. So do you have uh, do you have them loaded on your computer? Because there's a you can share your screen. There's a thing on the bottom of the screen. Okay. Uh, you should be able to click on share share screen. Kind of on, on the bottom. Share. Yep. Share yep. right there. Okay. Yep. And then it should be able to select which window you want to share. Got you right here. So I'm going to share that. Sure. Yep, perfect. So you see this, okay? Yep. And uh, for those of you who are getting on audio, we'll try to fill in the blanks so you can uh, have enough information for the audio. But let me ask you this, Kenna, before you get into this hand. Uh, you mentioned you're tracking your results, but I know you play a lot of live tournaments. Are you recording some of the hands as you're playing them? Or uh, how, how do you, is that what that app is for? Are you re- for recording live hands? Yeah, I, it is. I'm recording it as I go. Not, you know, just interesting hands yeah. or hands that I want to take away from and learn from or know how I got in a certain position. Uh, when you 
when you do something over and over again, you get quick at it, you know? Yeah. So at first I wasn't quick at it. Now I can, I can enter a hand. It'll only take me one, one hand or maybe two at the table in which to log or document this hand. You don't want to become an accountant at the table, <laughs> but if you get quick at it, you're able to log it and save it and then look back at it later. So I can, it takes me maybe two minutes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, let's, so, so let's, let's dig in. What, what's the situation here? Well, the reason I picked this hand, Steve, is one of the things that I coach is trying to find your release point early in a tournament. And by that, I mean, I'm looking, while people are sitting on their hands, they got a lot of big blinds and stuff. I, I'm looking to get out in the middle and double up and your release point is when you have twice the average or twice the amount of chips at the table so that you can then no longer be at the mercy of the cards or the fear of going broke when you pick up queens and the guy's got ace king or queens you know at the start of a tournament you have a lot of big blinds but you're one hand from being out so so i open up my ranges like this isn't a normal hand that you would see Jack 10 under the gun, all suits playing in this spot. Yeah. But the reason I selected this hand to play here in this particular table is my table was very loose passive. So anytime you're selecting marginal hands like this, an early position to play, uh, you know, you want to have the right environment. And this environment is a very loose passive table. I don't figure to get raised out of this pot without seeing a flop uh as opposed to a tight aggressive table where they're two and three betting and then you can't see a flop and you're putting in good money without being able to see what comes out so so that's why i elected to play this hand to begin with the environment was right for okay Uh, so 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 the blind the big blind's 100 and you're opening under the gun uh, you've got about, we well, got 155 big blinds to start the hand and you're opening That's uh, correct. with, uh, with Jack 10 offsuit. Right. Which, okay. You yep. know, that, that even makes me shudder. But, uh, <laughs> when you say it like that. So uh, let me get this straight, Ken. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's some truth in it. The better you play post, the more hands you can play pre. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I kind of know where I'm at and, and what I'm trying to do. Um, and so here, uh, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable. I'm also leveraging, I mean, I'm leveling, meaning I'm leveraging my own position uh, in my opponent's minds against them, meaning they're, they're assuming I'm, I'm opening with really strong here, right? Right. Uh, and here I am really weak. So I'm leveraging that consideration against them. I don't figure to get re-raised in this spot. Again, I... I figure to see a flop and sure enough, I don't get re-raised for those who have visual, uh, those who don't will describe it to you, but those who have the visual on the YouTube, as you keep getting, um, you know, more and more advanced, Steve, uh, you'll get the benefit of seeing this hand visually play out. So I raised the three, we get, uh, I get four callers, uh, one under the gun, two, one in middle, and a small blind and big blind complete, obviously, probably for pot odds and just to see a flop. Uh, so the pot's 1,500 going into the flop. And I've got a multi-way hand and a multi-way pot out of position. So I've got two of the three that I'm looking for. Wait, wait. Say, uh, say that, okay, wait. Let's tell you. So you got two out of the three that you're looking for. Comment right. a little bit more on that. 
if I if I would have had a multi way hand and a multi way pot in position, that yeah. would have been the home run. Right? Okay. Uh, you try to get the stars to line up as much as possible, like having a premium hand, um, heads up in position would be a head would be a home run, right? Uh having a premium hand and a multi-way pot out of position like ace king or ace queen not so much right yep so your hand quality and of course the number of players in the hand in your position are three things you want to look at in summary as you go into a flop okay yep uh so that's my pre-flop hand summary um i've got a multi-way pot and a multi-way type hand and a multi-way pot out of position. So okay. 1,500 is the pot. We take the flop. The flop is queen, six, three. Uh, obviously, I have squadoosh. I have air. I have... <laughs> you, have you have a backdoor 10-high flush draw. Yeah, I got a backdoor 10-high <laughs> flush draw. And this is not a spot. I don't believe, as a general principle, I'm bluffing in multi-way pot, right? Um, but I had an evil thought go through my mind here watching the small blind and the big blind check and that evil thought is hmm all right uh 40 of the field is folded i'll take a stab at this and represent ace queen and i like bluffing when i do bluff in a spot like this i don't really have any value i have jack high so my hand's so easy to get away from right so i figure hey this has got value to just take one stab at it and if I get any resistance, easily give up on the hand and get out, get out of dodge, right? Yeah, and you've got the you're under the gun, so they have to give you some credit for for ace queen or kings or aces or I mean, you got it. Those, so yeah. again, I'm still leveraging that position and that mindset. Yep. Okay. Not really, not really playing my hand here as much as I'm playing the considerations in my opponent's mind. And are, and are you also thinking because you said you know once the small blind and the big blind folded. I mean, do you think if they had hit a six or hit a queen, they might have? They probably would have let out. Is that no, not 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 at all. Just just they're showing weakness, right? If they were dot, if it's different than if somebody donked that into me, right? That's real strength, right? So yeah, they could be slow playing. They could have a six, could have anything, but they don't know what I have either. Right. Exactly. Okay. So you know, quick tip is when you know that your opponent doesn't know, that's potential power. People don't like to play and not know. And I tend to play okay. In it. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm going to rep a screen here and go after this pot like a dog going after a bone and just make a standard half pot C bet. I get called by the middle position and everybody else folds around and we're heads up to the turn. Now, I don't just, you know, automatically resign. This is not too bad for me because when my opponent just slacks here, there's some hands that I beat. I actually don't beat them, but in my mind, I beat them because I can rep to beat them. For example, 5-4, uh, heart draws, all heart draws, right? Right. Like, uh, Ace you know, nine of hearts. Yeah, 9-8 of hearts, 7-8 uh, mm. of hearts, whatever. Uh, even hands like Ace-5 of hearts, which doesn't figure to call here, so he doesn't figure to have that. But there's just a number of hands that I can beat with aggression if he's calling on a draw. Uh, that's so, not a thought in my mind, but it's definitely a consideration. 
So at this point, yeah, I mean, I, I like that just kind of general framework of, okay, yeah, he could be, he could be ahead of me or he could have hands that actually I can push off. Are you at this point actually doing some sort of a hand ranging where you're actually saying, okay, I'm putting him absolutely. now on a queen or two hearts or yep, like that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not, you did say one thing though that I don't agree with. I don't say I'm, I'm ahead of those. I'm not ahead of anything. Obviously I got jacked high, but I'm saying I'm in his mind. I'm playing it. I'm playing this hand in my opponent's mind, not my own. Right. So as far as hand ranging, yeah, I'll I'll go, okay, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a pair. uh, He's got a queen or a middle pair or a plus draw. That's how I would range him here. I keep it general because we're still early in the hand, like a six or seven or queen, or he's got hearts. You know, that's, okay. that's basically how that goes on in my mind. Yep. So, but still, I'm not thrilled with it. I'm, I'm probably giving up unless, you know, something special happens on the turn. And let's see what the turn comes. So the pot is all of a sudden $3,100, which, as you can see, pots build pretty quick in tournaments. Yeah. All of a sudden, my SPR here is only is less than five. Right. So this pot's getting a little juicy, and I and I pull off a pretty cool turn card. And, and just so people that people that are listening, just to be clear, so queen six three nine with three hearts, and you have the yeah, jack, got, you have the jack ten with the ten of hearts. I've got the beautiful. Jack that's a that's a good turn card for you. It is as long as my opponent isn't on a flush, wasn't <laughs> on a flush draw, right? So obviously, I have no idea where he's at, but he has no idea where I'm at either. So. I elect because the turn card's so good. I just now turn my hand into a straightforward play, expecting to expecting to check call one street and reevaluate on the river, and just play it straightforward. I, I don't want to um, get bluffed off this this hand I have by just uh, you know betting out. And, and let's say my my opponent has like a six with the ace of hearts. He could easily. Right, push me off this hand. So, so I go for a little bit of pot control, and I decided. I remember, I decided in my mind to just play it straightforward from here. After think, I've been running, with, I've been running without the ball for, for <laughs> three, three, three betting rounds here. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but but no, I think no. it's it's a very good point. I think for a lot of our recreational players. So, uh, on the flop, you feel like I just really have no equity here at all. Uh, I'm willing to bet, and if I get raised. I'm perfectly fine releasing it. I, I, you know, I don't have any equity that I'm really giving up. On the turn, you're saying now I have enough equity that um, I actually want to check here uh, because I don't want to get re-raised that's off right. my hand. Right. And I think that's an interesting. It's a it's a good thing to actually keep in mind uh, for rec players is that because because sometimes I can see like the opposite things. Like boy, I don't have right. anything, so I should check. Oh, now I've got a straight straight and a flush draw. I should bet. And the yeah. dynamic of being out of position there. Uh, sort of reverses those things. Well, and there's a couple other things. Uh, you bring up some good points, but two other considerations. One is the equity I had on the flop was called fold equity. And the <laughs> right. equity I have is getting is playing my position and getting my opponents to fold, which a couple of them did. So it's not just hand equity. There's, right. there's also other types of equity as well. The second thing is, let's say I had a hand like kings or aces or ace queen here. It would be natural for me to check this turn. You see, mm-hmm. uh, because that wouldn't be this wouldn't be a great card for those type of hands. So, so I'm also playing it kind of uh, straightforward as if I had a big premium hand. Okay, so yep. I, I check it. 
and he goes ahead and bets a third size pot, which is beautiful for me. When he bets a third, it's just so juicy because now I get to just draw for, you know, uh, I'm basically 1200 to return 55. What is that? Four, five. I need to win one out of five is 20%. And I've yeah. got, and, and if he's got a pair, I've got straight and flush draw. It just, to me, it's just an obvious call here. Uh, so that's pretty straightforward. I'm of the river we go if that's okay. Yeah, well, one question there. Do, do you read anything into that bet size other than, hey, this is a great bet size for drawing hand? Do you read anything into that? Does that I don't. I don't that, think it's too much. There's it too doesn't much. help you range him any further than you had him before? Not really, because okay. he could just easily be slow playing, making a weak bet with the nuts as he could be with a hand like Queen 10, you know, or an ace of heart, mm-hmm. you know, a six with an ace of heart. So, there's just no way for me, at least, maybe there's other people that can narrow him enough to okay. know what that, if that weak bet means he's weak or really strong. So I just, I deviate to where my own position in my own hand here is. Yeah. And so the river we go, and it's a nine. So so now the board pairs with nine, <laughs> right? And there's 7,000, I think it's 5,500 sitting out there in the middle. Yep. Um. So, of course, the first my first thought is I'm out here with nothing, and there's 5,500 out there sitting in the middle, which, as you can see, is again almost a third the size of the stack. So I, so I again I have this evil thought that creeps into my head. A couple of them. One is the only way to win is to bet, and it's it almost seems irrational to bet, but you know. It's really my only way to win the hand, I feel like, because if he's got ace-x anything, right, uh, or king-x anything, I'm, right. I'm just in the water. So, so I don't, I'm not trying to bluff a winning hand off here is what's important to know. I'm not trying to get a queen to lay down or hearts to lay down or otherwise I'd play it as a polarized hand, like, you know, just jam. Mm. Um, what I'm really trying to elicit with this 15, I, I end up betting 1500 on the river and the, my reasoning for betting weak is to, to get marginal hands to fold ace high, king high hand that, that, beat didn't you. Complete, that didn't complete, right. King Jack, for example, like King Jack with the king of hearts would have bet this turn, right? Yep. But he, he's probably not going to call river because of how i played this hand i played it apparent uh, appearingly straightforward however we all know now i'm running without the ball on every street so this is a this is just one of these hands where i'm going to win a seven thousand dollar pot where we start with fifteen thousand or or whatever we did in this this tournament and it just goes to show you that i'm just not I'm just not sitting on my hands and waiting for something to happen, waiting to make a hand. Right. I make, I make the hand. I paint the picture. I'm the artist. I'm out there. Does it always work? No. Sometimes you, you, sometimes you, you paint a dud, right? Um, but people are, I think players are afraid to lose chips, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm just not one of those guys and I'm out there to go out and, and grab a hold of some of them. And in this hand I did, 
and hopefully you find it interesting. Uh, the one reason I, I included it here and you asked me for a couple of hands was just to show your players, uh, you know, you don't have to sit back and wait for hands. You can go out and create them. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really good dynamics here. I think, you know, first of all, saying, okay, well, you know, opening Jack-10 offsuit isn't always the best play, but at a at a loose passive table, that, that makes it more uh, more opportunistic there. I think the idea of uh, betting, yeah. when you, well, betting when you have, high, you know, some fold equity but no hand equity, that's interesting. Checking when you have, you know, maybe some fold equity, but you have actually some, you have more hand equity. Uh, that's an interesting thing. I think the... The betting pattern of checking turn leading out river is interesting, but but one of the things with that, what I just found really interesting is, and you didn't you didn't really allude to it directly, but I'm curious if this is how you think about it, is that your opponent has, you know, an entire range of hands, obviously, right? And yeah. sometimes, I mean, I know I get stuck in this idea of okay, I I can only win by bluffing, so I need to make a big bet, but like how you, in a sense, what you're kind of doing is taking your opponent's range and saying, okay, here's the range of hands that they have that beat me. I'm not going to try to bet enough to get them off of all of those hands. I want to get them off of a three or pocket twos or, you know, the ace high flush draw or whatever. So I'm not mm-hmm. even, I'm not, I'm not betting to try to get them off of obviously a set or, you know, or trips or, or top pair. I'm just going to bet enough to get them off of that garbage because that's actually going to be a positive EV play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. a very interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said and well summarized. Well, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn from the best. <laughs> you are, you are, you are learning, and uh, you're not only learning; you're doing. Remember, guys, we it is great, and I go to a lot of these uh, different things and clubs, and we talk about hands. It's all fantastic, but uh, you know, like even now, I agreed to do this. I'm here. I'm talking about hands, but I'm also playing. Yeah, you got it. You got to. You got to get it out there and get in practice. And, um, but, so I like both. I'm always going to be a student of the game. Yeah. I want to, I want to open it up. Um, I know we just have a few minutes left. I want to honor your time. We'll just do the one hand. We'll save the others for later, but it looks like Rob maybe has a question. Just, just a quick one on the, uh, how you doing on the turn? He bet really, really small. Did that influence your decision on a river? Well, it influenced my decision on the turn. Had he bet a standard bet, I'd probably just fold. And right. no, it really didn't enter my thinking on the river. It could have, but it didn't. I just was, you know, at that point, flying by the seat of my pants, which a lot of times you have to do, you know? People think, okay, you know, I got this strategy. I'm going to play this way. And then all of a sudden you get hit in the face, right? And uh, and you got you to gotta adapt your strategy to the moment you're in. So, good question, but no, it didn't. Okay. Stace, did you have something? Yeah, Ken, I was going to ask you about the, the river. If if you'd have pulled a little bit of equity, hit a 10 or hit a jack, where you had some equity, but you could have still been behind a fair share of his range, how would that have affected your if your river bet? Well, um, che- I wouldn't bet. I would check for sure. I would check for sure, praying for a showdown. And if he bet, I would look at the pot odds and the size of the bet and determine if that percentage of the time I thought he was bluffing. And I would also look over at mannerisms, different things like that, try and get a feel for what he wanted me to do and do the opposite. Okay. Good. Good question. All right. Any, anything else from you guys? Robert said, okay, well, well, Ken, I know we, we just kind of 
go fast here, but I know you're sitting on a mound of chips. You've gone through an orbit or two and kind of blinded off a little bit, but I want to, I want to respect your time, but I'll let, let anytime, just... anytime you want me to come back, uh, I'm more than happy to, I, I just want to get, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm just going to, because people don't get out to Vegas, you know, <laughs> this is what you're missing. This is what you're missing guys. Look at this. Well, well I'll, be, I'll be out there in June. We Oh, it's sweet. Yeah. That's what you're missing, man. <laughs> Get out to Vegas. Get out to the Venetian. So, so let, let's close off here. But, but tell us a little bit, just uh, real quick, if people want to find you either more about their coaching. I know you do some life coaching too, which is something yeah. we could talk about at some point. But just uh, how do people sure. connect with you? Find you? What are you offering right now? What's available? Well, uh, you can find me pretty easily. I'm on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Ken and James. You can go to my website, KenandJames.com, which I'm up. Date, wait till you see what I'm releasing in a couple of weeks. Ah. Uh, yeah, whole new website. A lot. I was going through all these images that I'm putting up where all these celebrities and different players I played with in the past and brought back a lot of memories. And But on my website, I also have some tips for your audience and stuff like that. Even if they just stop by, pick up a couple things, that's fine. Um, I only work with a select group of people. So, But if you, they have to be really passionate about learning the game and wanting to raise their game and if they are then i'll set up a private interview with them for 30 or 45 minutes and we'll determine together whether we work because it's, it's expensive you yeah. know to, to work privately um and i understand that and i respect that i'm going to try and do maybe in the next couple months or a few months or so before the world series i'll try and do a group thing you're inspiring me to do something something like this where I can make it more economical and, and by taking more players at, at a time. So I would, if your players could let you know if they'd be interested in that, let me know. And maybe I can do something with you guys uh, on a thing like that. I would love to do a session sometimes where you, your players send you their hands and put them in like I just did. And we can spend a show where I'm just talking about, about their hands, you know, and what yeah. they're doing so I can help them, uh, which is, which is what I love to do, which is what coaching is all about. That would, that would be great. I know like uh, you maybe heard in the intro, we have this thing with Chris Fox Wallace, who's a world series of poker bracelet winner. And it's the first thing we're, we're really teaming up to do where it is kind of this live interactive, instead of just training where, you know, here, here's all the information, go do it. It's actually interactive back and forth like this. And so he's going to use our platform yeah. and to do that. But I'd love to talk with you about, doing something like that because like you're right, it makes it more affordable versus, you know, one versus one versus one versus a hundred is much more That's uh, affordable, right. especially for those of us who are playing, you know, five to $25,000 worth of tournaments a year. It's hard to justify, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching dollars. So That's yeah, let's, right. I understand. Sure, let's chat about that. Rob, Stacy, anything before uh, I sign off and go back uh, to my chip pack? Are you guys good? Just want to thank you for coming on. Did a great job. You're welcome, let, uh, man. Let, let Steve know how you finish up here. It'll be fun to follow you tonight. Well, I'll be watching. I'll be on Twitter, man. All I'll right. Be, we'll we'll All uh right. we don't we don't go live with we don't go live with this till till Friday, so we'll know by then. Sure. <laughs> yes, you will. So thanks for inviting me. I always appreciate talking to you guys and to your audience. You guys are in a great, great group. Uh you guys are leading a great group of people. I have a mad respect for people who are studying and learning the game and trying to improve themselves and their game. So, well, we appreciate you. your generosity in helping us helping us get there. Yep, you All got right. it, baby. Good luck. See you, guys. Care, Bye.